where does the fishing line come in? I assume to like... (laughs) To slice her in half. So Andy's running around. She goes to the restaurant to get Miranda's steak while frantically on the phone trying to get this manuscript. A fresh steak. (laughs) Like, didn't they have delivery in 2006? (laughs) Apparently not. It's also only like 11 a.m., I think, at this point, because she says something about how like the restaurant doesn't open till 1130. (laughs) Miranda's on the new carnivore diet. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, she's calling a ton of people. No luck. And that's when she sees a bus ad with Christian's name or his face on it or something. And she's like, that guy, let me give him a call. So she calls him. She asks him if he would, by any chance, know how she could get this manuscript. And he's like, are you joking me? Like, just tell Miranda it can't be done. You'll have to come up with a plan B. And she's like, this is Miranda Priestley. There is no plan B. There is only plan A. Back in the office, Andy has rushed in with the steak She's like, am I fired? And Emily's like, I usually don't tell people who aren't me this, but you need to calm down. (laughs) And Andy puts this fresh steak on Miranda's desk and has this just an an inordinate amount of chopped chives. I don't know where she got the chopped chives. It's so many. garnish. It is literally they were like, well, we... We have to harvest all the chives from the garden today and (laughs) chop it up in this bowl for Miranda Priestley. And she just puts a spoonful of the chives on the steak. Mm -hmm. Please go back to this part of the movie. I'm telling you, this is like four cups of chives. It's so finely chopped. It's so finely chopped. And the steak is on her desk. And Miranda comes in. She's like, I don't want that. I'm going out to lunch with Irv. I'll be back at three. And I expect my Starbucks to be waiting. <laughs> Just, uh, what, what the hell is that? <laughs> and she tells Andy if she does not have the book by then, she shouldn't even bother coming back. And Andy takes that plate fucking in the sink. Just put a, a glass smashing sound effect right here. If it were me, I would have taken, like, a bite of it before throwing it, at least, because it looked pretty good. Yeah, it was very well cooked. It was very well made. Um, And so she smashes this, lets whoever the fuck clean that mess up, and leaves to go get the Starbucks, decides to call her unsupportive boyfriend, and is like, well, congratulations, like, I'm finally quitting. And he's like, oh, yay, like, let me open the fucking champagne. (laughs) But... Then Andy gets a call from Christian and he tells her that a friend of his actually did the cover art and she has the manuscript for the book. Andy can't believe that she has done something right. And Christian's like, you better hurry. I'm at the St. Regis. So she meets him at the St. Regis, grabs the manuscript, and he tells her that she has one hour. So she strolls back into Miranda's office, Starbucks and manuscript in hand, drops it on her desk, and Miranda's like, well, what are my girls supposed to do with one copy? Share? (laughs) Share? (laughs) Something they own? You take them to share it. (laughs) And Andy's like, oh, no, 
Actually, I made two copies, and I had them covered, reset, and bound so they wouldn't look like manuscripts. This is just an extra one for safekeeping. Illegal. <laughs> uh, very illegal. <laughs> and Miranda's like, well, where are these fabulous copies? Andy says that the copies are with the twins, on the train, on their way to grandma's house, and then asks if there's anything else she can do, and Miranda's just like, mm-mm. That's all complete disbelief. This is really where things start turning around for Miss Andy Sachs. Yeah. She calls in a little favor to her sugar daddy and things start going right in her life. And I think that's how we should play it in New York. (laughs) (laughs) So back at home, Andy is painting this planet in a in a planet diorama and Nate comes in with groceries from Dean and DeLuca and he's like oh we're God. celebrating you quitting I know I'm like you have one million dollars sir <laughs> and then he notices that she's still working on the twin science project and he's like oh you're so sweet like you're finishing this project for them like that's nice of you well I mean like sarcastically he's like why are you like well, yeah it's so nice of you <laughs> yeah He's just being a little bitch, as mm-hmm. per usual. Yeah. And Andy's like, you know, after we talked, I realized it didn't make sense to throw away all those months of hard work. It was just a moment of weakness. And he's just being a little poopy pants diaper baby and is like, your job sucks. Your boss is a wacko. And she says she's still the same Andy, just with better clothes. And he's like, I like the old clothes. And I'm like... You never want your girlfriend to grow and change. Yeah. You are too stuck in the past. Mm -hmm. The future and present are fluid moments. (laughs) It's like, I don't know what you expect. And like, they're so young. Like, you're so young. Do you think that she's going to be the same person she is at 22 for the rest of her life? This movie, if the most unrealistic thing in this movie is literally that they went to college together and then they moved in together in a new state immediately afterwards. Yeah. Like, that's untypical. That is not the norm for at least where we went to college. Like, to move to a whole other state together. But I feel like for us, because we went to school in New York, like, so many people stayed in New York. That's true. And it's not like people are like, finish college, now I'm going to move to the big city, because we were already, like, in the big city, you know? In the big city. Yeah. So... I I could see how, like, if you went to, like, a school in, I don't know, like, if you went to school in Ohio or something, and then you and your boyfriend are like, let's get out of here and we're going to move to New York. Like, that – I feel like that's pretty plausible. But I also could be completely wrong. So if anybody has had that experience, feel free to write in and let us know. Yeah, let us know. I – personally think i'm like it's rare Mm -hmm. to move in together at that young of an age like it does at at least at 25 i'm like damn could not imagine doing that Mm -hmm. but yeah he's like i like the old clothes and she's like well what do you think about my dress and he's like "Eh." and she's like what do you think about my necklaces and he's like eh and then she's like, what do you think about this? And like shows him her lingerie. And then he's finally like, ooh, that I do like. He mm. sucks. Really the only time that they're ever happy is when they're like about to have sex. Yeah. 
it's um we see it once when they leave dinner with their friends and he's like i can think of something we can do without any clothes and then we see it again when he's like oh we better get out of here before my girlfriend sees me and then it's this and that's literally the Mm -hmm. only time that they're happy Mm -hmm. exactly yeah seems like uh the foundation of this relationship is uh a little rocky so the next day andy shows up to a shoot that nigel is like creative directing i guess and she actually understands what the concept is she's like oh i get it i get it it's urban jungle because they're in like these animal prints and they have these like big animal masks on and he's like yes the modern woman unleashes the animal within to take on the big city then he's like lol sometimes i can't believe i talk about this crap all day um (laughs) but yeah andy is starting to like understand fashion it's a big moment for her And that's when Nigel gives Andy this garment bag for Miranda. And he's like, oh, by the way, you got to let her know I switched, like, the Dior for the Rocha, Roca, Rocha. I don't know. Rocha? Any fashion students out there, let me know. Roca. Rocha. Couldn't tell you. But basically, Andy gives him some attitude. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure she's going to love that. And he's like, watch the two. Don't make me feed you to one of the models. And she's like, sorry, it's just that, you know, my personal life is kind of hanging by a thread at the moment. And he's like, well, that's what happens when you start doing well at work, darling. Let me know when your whole life goes up in smoke. That means it's time for a promotion. So back in the office at the boardroom, Miranda sits in the boardroom with her senior staff members. And she's just disappointed with all of these ideas that they're throwing her way and the decisions that have been made, just like passe and overdone. And she asks about the pose and shoot, and Nigel's like, I suggested the uh, Noguchi Garden for the shoot. And she's like, oh, well, at least someone showed up to work today. And then she asks about the accessories for the next issue, and this woman in charge tells her that she was planning to cover enamel, like bangles, pendants, and earrings. And I can that smells like a stinker from a mile away. <laughs> So Miranda's like, we did that two years ago. What else? And she's like, well, uh, they're showing a lot of florals for spring. And so florals for spring. Groundbreaking. (laughs) Classic line here. Someone else tries to take on the idea of florals and like, We'll shoot you it know, in an industrial space. Idea. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it'll show off the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Emily walks in, just nasty girl, <laughs> coughing, sneezing, getting her germs everywhere, and hands Miranda a piece of paper. And Miranda doesn't even want to touch it. She asks for antibacterial wipes. Oh, my gosh. One detail that I really um, appreciated more so this time than any other time I've watched this movie is um, Miranda's insane memory. The long, long monologues that she goes on, like giving out these tasks and like the way that she just immediately is like, we did that two years ago. Next. Like she has this encyclopedic knowledge of everything. And like her brain must be running at 6,000 miles an hour, but she's so cool, calm and collected. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes you wonder if she's on drugs. I don't know. She seems she's she seems too highbrow for that. Even yeah, I'm being hyperbolic, but yeah, no, it's it's the brain power that this woman has is absolutely astounding. Yeah, I do wonder with people like um like people in art history and people in fashion. It's like to just remember all of those pieces. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. 
I mean, obviously doctors yeah, <laughs> as right. well, just to memorize things like mm-hmm. jobs that require like a really, really strong use of memory. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting. Yeah, for sure. So later on, it's like the evening. Pretty much everyone's gone from the office except for, you know, Miranda, Emily, and Andy. And Andy asks Emily how her cold is. And Emily's like, oh, it's like death warmed up. And she's really upset because she's been looking forward to this benefit for months. And she's like, but I refuse to be sick. I'm wearing Valentino for crying out loud. And, uh, That's when she tells Andy that since, you know, pretty much everyone's gone, she should just drop off Miranda's Fendi bag at the showroom and then she can go home. And Andy's like, well, that is great because it is Nate's birthday tonight and I want to pick up Magnolia's before it's closed. We're having a little party. And I think Emily's like, I'm hearing this and I want to hear this, meaning silence. (laughs) So Andy is on her way out of the office when her phone rings. And she is summoned Uh, right back. So Miranda tells Emily and Andy that they need to be fully prepared for the benefit because Andy has become an incubus of viral plague. So they go back out to their desks and Emily drops a giant portfolio on Andy's desk and says that she must learn the names of every single guest so that everyone thinks Miranda knows exactly who they are. And Andy's like, I have to learn all this by tonight. And Emily is like, don't be silly. These two drops another binder. Yes. So Andy ends up calling Lily and she's like, I don't know how long this is going to take. You guys should just start without me and I'll get there as soon as I can. Lily is pissed and she's like, yes, it's his birthday. And Andy's like, this is like the last place that I want to be. But then she spots Nigel with like this gorgeous dress and she's like, oh my God, I love that. Will it fit me? And he's like, he says a little Crisco and some fishing line and we're in business. What do they, where does the fishing line come in? I assume to like, <laughs> to slice her in half. <laughs> I was thinking like, cause it wouldn't for this. I don't know, man. Cause it wouldn't, it, nothing I'm thinking of makes any sense. I'm like the seams. That doesn't make sense. Like taking it out. You can't use fishing line. I don't know. But they did it. And on the red carpet, Emily is shocked by the new chic. Oh, does she? <laughs> I think I think I may have figured it out. They cover her mm-hmm. in Crisco. They put the the dress on fishing line and then pull it up her body. Do you understand what I'm oh, saying? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, unless they were gonna like wrap her in fishing line. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> we're we're thinking too hard about so, this. <laughs> I think the better line would have been uh, some Crisco and a pulley system, you know? Yeah. At least be a little more descriptive. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't – this is not the hill I want to die on. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Emily is shocked by the new chic and hot um, Andy. And she's like, wow, like you look amazing. And Andy's like – you look so thin. And Emily's like, oh my God, really? Well, I've been on this new diet for Paris. I don't know what her accent <laughs> is. I've been on this new diet for Paris. I don't eat anything. And then when I'm about to pass out, I eat a cube of cheese. <sighs> and she says she's only one stomach flu away from her goal weight. Oh, man. Someone help her. Yeah. This poor girl. Oh, my goodness. So they go inside 
Everybody is mingling, you know, getting their photos taken. It's a very fancy event. And uh, Emily is, you know, doing her thing, whispering in Miranda's ear, like, who is coming up to them before they do. Andy just keeps fidgeting because she's super late. And Emily's like, stop fidgeting. And that's when they see a woman coming towards them. And Andy's like, hey, is that is that Jacqueline Follet from French Runway? And Emily's like, yeah. She's not supposed to be here. Like, Miranda hates her. She wasn't supposed to arrive until after Miranda left. This is like a total disaster. Miranda and Jacqueline have a very, like, fake friendly conversation where she's like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for coming. And Jacqueline is like, oh my God, I, I planned my whole year around this. <laughs> and that's when uh, Irv, you know, comes up and Miranda's like, did you get my note? And he's like, yes, we'll discuss it on Wednesday. And she's like, yes, yes, no business tonight, no business tonight. So Andy passes Emily a tissue because this woman is just dripping snot. Very nasty. Very disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Poor girl needs a hefty dose of antibiotics stat. And this other man starts to walk towards them with this woman. And Miranda turns to Emily for like who it is. But Emily completely blanks. She has no clue. She's grasping oh, at no. straws. Nothing, nothing. The the couple is getting closer and closer and closer. And Andy steps in at the last moment. And she's like, it's Ambassador Franklin and the woman he left his wife for, Rebecca. Oh. Save the day. So Miranda greets them. And Emily thanks Andy for saving her. Yes. And then outside, Andy finally gets to leave the event to get to Nate's birthday, even though he doesn't deserve it. And who should she run into but Christian, who tells her she's a vision and that if she didn't have a boyfriend, he'd have to whisk her away. And at this point, I'm like, I'm kind of like, if I met like a, a silver fox who was like <laughs> telling me the thing that I wonder about him in the end, mm -hmm. like I can tell he's like a He's like a backstabber, like he's yeah. like a, a little career climber. But it doesn't seem like he used Andy for anything. Like no. it was just like, which I, I think when I was younger, I thought that he was using her in some capacity oh, to get to closer get to Miranda. But okay. yeah, it, like I'm like, he really doesn't do anything other than flirt with her. But mm -hmm. So Andy tells him that she has to go, but Christian's like, no, my editor from Vanity Fair is here. You know, I read your articles. They weren't half bad. I could introduce you. And she's like, what? Really? And he's like, come on, come in for one drink. And Andy is about to say yes, but she tells him that she has to go. So what I'm really understanding from this moment is mm -hmm. the actual opportunity that she had to advance her career, yeah. she gave up for her boyfriend, mm -hmm. which he will never acknowledge. Yeah. That's right, right? <laughs> yeah, that I would say that is correct. Yeah. It's uh it's truly wild to think uh how much sooner this movie could have ended if she maybe went and had that drink with <laughs> the editor of Vanity Fair. <laughs> But yeah, no, she she goes and like, I get it. It's his birthday. You love him. He's your boyfriend of multiple years. I get it. But like at this point, you're already late. Like the party's already over. The damage is already done. Just do your thing. Yeah. You might as well 
go for the drink. Does that make me a bad person? I don't know. No. But also Nate sucks, so I don't really care. <laughs> well, the, the weird thing is that I Phil had a job where he was mm-hmm. on call like that, where it was like, you know, his hours are sometimes extended, like da da da. I would be like, okay, this is like for the time being. Yeah. Anyone can do something for one year. Yeah. For one year, knowing that it will end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the movie starts to turn when Andy isn't sure if it'll end. Yeah. But for one year, like her boyfriend can suck it suck it up for one year. I yeah, I agree. And especially because he's working late hours too. He's a chef. Like <laughs> Yeah, what's this nonsense Grinds that he's just always years. able to hang out? He's getting yeah. what nine to five chef job? No. That doesn't exist. He had the day shift at the rep. No, I don't think so. You're being trained. <laughs> I've worked in restaurants. I've I worked almost all of my restaurant experience has been in the kitchen. And I can tell you what, it is rare to find a restaurant that will give you a day shift only. Mm-hmm. Nearly impossible. Especially if you're like training. Cause he I assume he's like training to become a sous chef, like at least. Yeah, I would assume. So yeah. I'm I got my eyes on you, Nate. You're not fooling me. <laughs> but anyways. Andy leaves. She gets a ride home with one of, like, the company cars. And um, so she walks in with a little cupcake with a candle on it. Nate is watching TV alone in the dark. And she's like, happy birthday. And he just, like, barely even looks at her. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I kept trying to leave, but there was so much going on. And he's like, yeah, I know. You didn't have a choice. But he says it in a much meaner way than that. And um, he basically tells her not to worry about it. And he's going to bed. And she's like, can we at least talk about this? And he just looks at her and he's like, you look really pretty. And then goes into the bedroom to sulk like a little boy. Like a little baby boy on his birthday. (laughs) And... uh, Andy just sadly blows out the candle on the cupcake. The next day, Andy goes to Miranda's apartment again to drop off the book when Miranda calls her into the living room and asks for the book directly. So Andy, you know, fluffs up her bangs and then um, she goes in to give it to her. And Miranda says that Paris is the most important week of the entire year and she needs the best possible team with her. That no longer includes Emily. And the air is sucked out of the room. Yeah. And Andy's like, no, Emily would die. Her whole life is in Paris. She hasn't eaten in weeks. I can't do that. And Miranda's like, if you don't go, I'll assume you're not serious about your future at Runway or any other publication. The decision is yours. So what does Andy do? She stays up late that evening to look at some of her old articles, some old pictures of her family and friends. And Nate, again, being a little piss baby, asks her if she's coming to bed anytime soon. And she's like, just in five minutes. This girl's like in tears almost. Yeah, she's and in her turmoil. her boyfriend doesn't think to ask like, are you hey. okay? You know, do you want to talk? Their relationship is very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like – and it, it makes it especially hard to like 
root for him in any way because we don't get any sense of why they're together. Oh, yeah. I I couldn't tell you. I don't know that answer. Yeah, because we know so little about their dynamic, which, like, this movie is not about them. So, like, I get it, but... I think throwing in a little more, though, would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Like, it would make me get to know Andy more. Yeah, because I I don't don't see... Because we don't even see, like, what they have in common and what they connect on. Mm -hmm. Is it just because they met when they were 18? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if I could... could sense and tell that the relationship was strong in the beginning, I would be more inclined to, to, you know, feel something when the relationship then goes downhill. Yeah. So the next morning, Andy is at the office bright and early. Miranda shows up and Andy, you know, extends her hand to receive Miranda's coat and her bag. But instead, she dumps it on Emily's desk. Holy crap. Yeah. So... Miranda then reminds Andy, she's like, oh, have you told Emily about Paris yet? And when Andy says no, she's like, tell her now. (laughs) So Andy calls Emily and she's like, don't pick up, don't pick up, don't pick up. Of course, Emily does. Mm -hmm. Emily is like super frantic. She's like, oh my God, like Miranda told me to pick up these Hermes scars, but I forgot like a bloody idiot. But luckily, you know, the the girl opened the shop for me early and I got them. I'm on my way. And Andy's like, Emily, I really need to talk to you about something. And Emily's like, oh, I hope it's not another Miranda problem. Like I have a million things to deal with. Andy keeps trying to talk to her, but Emily is so frantic running across the street with these scarves that she ends up getting hit by a cab and the scarves go like flying I'm talking rolling down the windshield oh it's like fucking michelle hitting that limo and rolling down it in romey and michelle's (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so andy decides to go to the hospital Emily in Paris, except it's Emily Blunt's character in this film. I would die for that series instead of Lily Collins' Emily in Paris. Oh, my God. Um, So in the hospital, she finally tells her about Paris. And Emily's like, I don't care if she was going to fire you or beat you with a red-hot poker. You should have said no. And Andy's like, I didn't have a choice. And I will say... She needs to stop saying that. Yeah. I don't have a choice. But what she actually should say is, I want to be a writer. Yeah. I want to work this year and I want to have a good name. And like if she explained herself eloquently and just told people her like, I mean, this is obviously a book. It's it's a movie and like a screenplay. Mm-hmm. But if you were actually and maybe that's like one of my qualms too is like I wish she had those moments where she could she was just honest with the people in her life where she's like I can't do this right now. I feel like I can't do this because I want something bigger than what I'm doing right now and this is the stepping stone to get there. And like if she had, had said that what she was actually feeling it would have been like more powerful than just being like I don't have a choice, I don't have a choice. Well, I th- I think that that's We'll we'll get to that in like a couple of scenes, but that's kind of like Nate's point mm-hmm. when they have their fight later but he on. Sucks. I know. Well, we, there's a lot to unpack in that in that conversation, which we'll we'll get to. But okay. yeah, I, I think that that's that's kind of like the the point of Andy's character is that it's so hard for her to admit that she actually does kind of want to do these like more. Mm, 
this is well this particularly more sneaky underhanded thing she i think it's hard for her to admit that that part of her exists because yeah i got what you're saying she there. puts herself on such like a a a moral high ground compared to like when mm-hmm. she came into runway she very much had like a superiority complex about the people that worked there and she's like they're all bad people they're all vapid they're annoying i'm not like them and i think it's really hard for her to admit that she's a lot more like them than she wants to be so that's why she keeps going back to the i didn't have a choice this thing was forced on me i didn't have a choice because that's a hard thing to digest mm-hmm. but in this case she says i didn't have a choice <laughs> yeah. and emily is like okay What really like gets her about this whole thing is that Andy is the one who said she didn't care about fashion and that she just wanted to be a journalist. And Andy's like, look, I know you're mad. I don't blame you. Emily tells her that she sold her soul the day she put on her first pair of Jimmy Choo's. And what really kills her is all the clothes she's going to get. And she tells her that she doesn't deserve them deserve them because she eats carbs and meanwhile she's like digging into her pudding she's eating her roll she's like i don't have anything to you know slender down for i'm just doing my thing oh now. my god she's finally nourishing herself with food <sighs> thank god and then emily tells her to go and andy kind of tries to like uh, apologize and stuff and she's like get out i just leave emily blunt is so good in this scene she's like your heart really breaks for her and she oh my god yeah i mean it's really incredible that she was like 22 or 23 when they shot this Mm -hmm. this would actually be a good side to read for an audition i think yeah i wonder if this movie is like too iconic that it might be hard to touch it is too iconic yeah but i mean it's it's a great scene she's a a smaller ish role Mm. but i would be afraid to to touch any scene (laughs) in this film but yeah, no, it's it's a really great scene. And Emily Blunt is amazing, as always. So next thing we know, Andy has gone to Lily's show at her gallery. And, you know, um, she chats with Lily and Doug. And Lily's like, start at the back, work your way to the front. It's the way I designed it. It's brilliant. So Andy is admiring the art. And that's when she runs into Christian Thompson. Wow. And he's like... Oh my God! I was just thinking about you because I'm uh, I'm profiling a uh, Gautier for interview and uh, and I've been making my uh, Paris Fashion Week plans and I was wondering if you were gonna be there. And she's like, "Well, actually, I am going." And he's like, "Oh my God! Well, I'm gonna be staying at this hotel and there's this little restaurant down the street that'll change your life." And she's like, "Well, I'll be too busy working, so I guess you have to find somebody else's life to change." And he's like, well, I'm beginning to wonder if I can. And then kisses her on the cheek. And Andy is like a smitten kitten as he walks away. It's a very sensual cheek kiss. Oh, yeah. It's like he's like so centimeters away from her mouth. So close. And of course, Lily sees this whole thing go down. She watches as Andy like smiles after him. And she's just like god so she storms off andy follows after her and she's like dramatic yeah she's like it's not what it looked like he's just a guy i know from work and lily's like what the hell happened to you because like the andy that i know is madly in love with nate Mm -hmm. she's like but this glamazon person skulking around with hot fashion guys and corners i don't know anything about her i don't know her (laughs) who is she 
So then Lily tells Andy to have fun in Paris and walks away. And Nate, of course, catches like the tail end of this convo. And he's like, yeah, you're going to Paris. And she's like, um, yeah, I am. And he's like, I thought that Paris was like Emily's thing. It was like really important to her. And Andy's like, oh, don't you give me a hard time too. And kind of like storms off. So he follows after her. So basically as she storms off, Andy's like, you know, I didn't have a choice. And he's like, well, yeah, that's your answer for everything lately. But you make these decisions. And she's like, you're mad. I get it because I missed your birthday. And he's like, no, I'm not four years old. I wouldn't care if you were out there pole dancing all night as long as you did it with little integrity. And says that she used to make fun of the runway girls, but now she's one of them. And that's fine. Just own up to it so we can stop pretending like we have anything in common anymore. Like, he's right about the integrity, mm-hmm. but the way that he maneuvers in conversation is yeah. so malicious yeah. and manipulative. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The thing Please is, continue. yeah, the thing is, so I watched because uh, every, okay. Every, like, four months on Twitter, the same tweet will, like, recirculate where it's, like, the movie villain, a picture of Miranda Priestly, the real villain, picture of Nate. So it's, like, the coldest take in the world to be, like, Nate's the actual villain. Like, this has been discussed many a time. So I watched this video essay saying, basically, the thesis was, like, maybe Nate is not as bad as we all think, and he's not actually the villain. So I was, like, okay, let me see what the points are. And it was saying that it made some valid points of like, you know, Andy is in a very like toxic work environment. It's like very abusive towards its workers that people get taken advantage of. Like, you know, it's, it's not good working conditions that she's under. The girl gets 15 minutes for lunch, but where I have an issue with framing him as like the good guy is that he's not saying any of this out of, like, concern for Andy and her well-being. Yeah. It's only concern for how it affects him. Exactly. And I I don't even think that he's the villain. I think he's just a shitty boyfriend character. Like, in Bride Wars, Mm -hmm. Chris Pratt is not, quote-unquote, the villain. He's just a shitty dude. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he's just someone, if I met him... I would choose not to spend my time with him. Exactly. Yeah. So like Nate does have some good points of, yes, she should own, like we were saying, like she should just own that this is actually what she wants to do and take responsibility for the the decisions that she's making. Yeah. But he goes about it in such like a awful way Mm -hmm. that like, no, I'm not going to get behind you because of the way you're delivering this and how you're framing it totally in how it like affects you and the way that you feel in your relationship rather than actually caring about this person. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So Andy basically says that maybe this trip is coming at a good time and they should take a break. And Nate starts to walk away from her and she calls after him, but her phone starts ringing. And Nate (sighs) is like, by the way, the person whose calls you answer all the time that's the relationship you're in. I hope you're very happy together. And walks away. And Andy oh my gosh. answers the phone. So next thing we know, Andy's in Paris, baby. And Paris is, I think, my favorite place that I've ever been. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I spent a week there and I, I stayed right outside of Paris. But like mm. every day we, would, we were just like basically venturing about in Paris. Yeah. I 
had like fresh pastries every morning. Mm. I had like really amazing food. I got to see art like Mm. Versailles. It was incredible. I was like really lucky the situation I was in because I was staying with like a family friend. Oh yeah. So he... I got to be taken around Paris by this like hot guy Ooh. with a car who was like paying for me to do stuff. And I was like, yes, like whatever you need. Um, Netflix produced the Mo in Paris series. Give the people what they want. I could write that. It was very cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I there's something about Paris mm. because like I am such a, I'm not going to say I'm a New Yorker because I wasn't born and raised there, Mm -hmm. but like I do love New York and Paris is like a really thriving Mm -hmm. artistic city and I would definitely want to explore more of it because I know like Montmartre is kind of like the Brooklyn love. (laughs) (laughs) LOL. We could, but yeah, the point, the point I'm saying here Mm -hmm. is it is as spectacular as people say. Yeah. In my opinion. Do you want to hear something wild? What? So... There's only like this is not in Paris. There's only like one. There's there's two scenes that they shot in Paris. Meryl did not go to Paris. Every single scene with uh, Miranda in it was shot in New York or with green screens. But I'm assuming the like montage that they do is actually Paris. The, basically, the only shots that are actually in Paris are when Andy and Christian are walking down the street after their date, and when Andy goes to like throw her yeah. phone in the fountain. Um, yeah, and okay. that's it. Everyone- and then. When they're in the cab, though, those, like, blips are actually of Paris. Yeah, like, yeah. the statue. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, Meryl did not go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the Valentino fashion show and another fashion show, another fashion show. Like, they're front row at all of these places. And backstage at one, Nigel starts talking... I'm pretty sure he's talking to Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, he's talking to Heidi Klum. Oh my God. They look very alike. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's talking to Heidi Klum. And then who does Miranda talk to in that scene? Oh God. Is it an actual it designer? Is. God, I is can't Is it Carl Lager- it's Lagerfeld? Not, it's not him. Is it? Is it Massimo? Fuck. I can't remember who it is, but it is a real designer. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, that face looks very familiar. So mm-hmm. Miranda's talking to that designer and then... um. Miranda introduces Andy as her new Emily. She, you know, starts being interviewed by paparazzi. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Christian comes up and tells Andy that he thinks she still owes her for the Harry Potter favor. And he asks her what what she's doing tonight. And she's like, oh, Miranda's going to dinner. And he's like, oh, perfect. You're free. But there is the problem of the boyfriend. And Andy doesn't respond to this. And he's like, oh, so there is no more boyfriend. And he like does this like faux sad thing about her breakup. He's like, Trey, Trey, Desolée or whatever. And she's like, you're not (laughs) Desolée, which means sorry in French. And Andy's like, yeah, you're full of it. I have to go. But Christian tells her that he's going to call her. So later that night, Andy goes to Miranda's room and Miranda's like, oh, we need to go over the seating chart for the luncheon. And important to note that Miranda is wearing no makeup at all, which was actually mm-hmm. Meryl's idea. And just wearing- Good idea, Meryl. Yeah. Nailed it. And she's just wearing like her hotel like bathrobe. And she's like, oh yeah, we need to go over the seating chart for the luncheon. 
<laughs> and she says a great quote, by all means, move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. And uh, basically she tells Andy that she wants to move Snoop Dogg to her table since her husband isn't coming. <laughs> I love that that's who she picked. Yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, naturally. Naturally. Um, but yeah, her husband isn't coming. And Andy's like, oh, so I don't need to fetch him from the airport? And she's like, well, unless he's decided to rethink the divorce, no, you don't have to <sighs> fetch him from the airport. But fetch, fetch, yes. fetch away. So Miranda basically says that when they get back to New York, they're going to need to try and minimize the press. She doesn't want it like splashed all over page six. And she's like, you know, I can only imagine what they're going to write about me. The dragon lady, career obsessed, snow queen, drives away another Mr. Priestley. And um, she gets really, really vulnerable in this moment. Yeah, she's kind of like tearing up. Yeah. And she says that she doesn't really care what they write about her. It's just so unfair to her girls. That's really sad. Yeah. She says it's just another disappointment, another letdown, another father figure gone. It's a great scene. I, I think that might be my favorite mm -hmm. scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, just because it, it is that moment that we finally get of Miranda like being a human, like just taking mm -hmm. off the mask of her having to be a boss. Yeah. And I don't get me wrong, like the work environment is toxic, but mm -hmm. I also respect Miranda. Oh, yeah. So much for being an, an amazingly hard worker, mm -hmm. you know, doing her job, R reflective of Andy's situation. Mm -hmm. She's also with a partner who's, who's not supportive. Yeah. And, you know, who can't handle her being this ingrained in her career mm -hmm. and yeah so i think that just to peel back those layers and have that scene the way that she did it without the makeup and the mm -hmm. bathrobe on like in her private space which she doesn't allow people into typically mm -hmm. like really grounding moment absolutely and this this scene really is what drives home for me like the idea that is kind of layered in throughout but it really stands out in this moment and also in the moment where she's having that fight with her husband that women really can't have it all to this day. Oh, certainly not. Yeah, you know? And that, I think, really shines through. And Miranda could do everything she possibly can to shine in her career. But if a man is threatened by her or not comfortable with her having that front seat, she's never going to be able to have everything that she wants. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the, just like the insane pressure that is put on women to – try and have it all when like the world is not built for that. It's really sad. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, after she has this moment, she in a very Meryl in a very masterful way immediately kind of like covers it up and switches gears. And she's like, the point is we need to figure out where to place Donatella because she's barely speaking to anybody right now. I thought that was funny. Yeah. It was like a funny line. Yeah. And Andy asks Miranda if she would like her to cancel her evening for her. And Miranda's like, well, why would we do that? Don't be silly. And Andy's like, is there anything else I can do? And Miranda just says, your job. Yes. So back at the hotel room, Andy gets ready for her date with Nigel. <laughs> no. Andy gets ready for her date with Christian and Nigel comes in 
asking for Miranda's itinerary. And he's like, who threw that outfit together for you? And she's like, oh, I, I actually put it together myself. It's a great outfit. I love it. It's like the pencil skirt and yeah, it's the like, like this burgundy top. Dark purple pencil skirt. She has a little like leather bustier and like this Ooh. like blazer, like fitted kind of like peplum style, but not like a mm-hmm. 2010 peplum, like a chic one um, jacket on. And she looks wonderful. Yeah. And um, Nigel's like, okay, my work here is done. And he tells her that he is getting some champagne to celebrate. Turns out Massimo Cortellioni is investing (laughs) (laughs) in James Holt and making his company global. And Nigel is going to be co-president. And Andy's like, wait, does Miranda? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Miranda put me up for the job. And Andy's like, oh, my gosh, I can't imagine runway without you. But congratulations. Like, um, you must be so excited. And he's like, for the first time in 18 years, I get to call the shots in my own life. Yeah. And he's just so ecstatic. Andy's like, you totally deserve this. And they cheers. Yes. So... Andy goes on her date with Christian. They're at this little restaurant. He keeps trying to get her to shit talk Miranda, but she, you know, is very tactful. And she's like, you know what? If Miranda were a man, nobody would notice anything about her except how good she is at her job. And he's like, I can't believe you're defending Miranda. Oh my God, you're crossing over to the dark side. It's sexy. She's like, oh, it's it's sexy, is it? Oh my goodness. (laughs) So... (laughs) After their date, they're walking through the streets of Paris, and she's like, are you lost? I'm totally lost. I have no idea where we are. And he's like, oh, please. I know this city like the back of my hand. Oh, and, my God. Um, he's he quote – I can't remember who he quotes. Is it like um, – Here, let me check my notes. Oh, it's somebody. I know it's a woman. I just don't remember who it is. Gertrude Stein. Yeah. Wait. Oh, please hold for fact-checking. Yeah, please hold – who did you say? Gertrude Stein. Yes, you were right. Huzzah. So yes, he quotes Gertrude Stein and says, <laughs> America is my country and Paris is my hometown. And she's like, oh my God, do you just like file away this shit to use on girls? And he's like, oh yes, I'm a freelance writer. I have a lot of free time on my hands. Ugh. So... You know, as they're strolling, she's like swinging around this street lamp. And as she comes back to like meet him, he kisses her and she does stop him after a little bit. And she's like, oh, my God, like, I can't do this. Like, Nate and I just split up a couple of days ago and then they kiss again. And like in between every kiss, she gives like a different excuse. She's like, I'm in a strange city or like, oh, I had so much wine. Like my my <laughs> vision, my hearing, it's all impaired until eventually she's like, I've run out of excuses, and they make out. Yes. Cut to the next morning. She wakes up in his hotel room, opens her eyes, checks her probably Cartier watch, Mm. and is like, I am running late, very late. So she tries to get ready as quickly as she can, like picks up her clothes, her bag, whatever, and accidentally knocks over some of um, Christian's stuff, and she sees a mock-up of a runway cover. And Christian gets out of the shower and Andy's like, what the hell is this? And he tells her that it's what the cover will look like when Jacqueline Follet is the new editor-in-chief 
of American Runway. Andy's like shocked. She asks if they're replacing Miranda and Christian's like, yep. And they're bringing me in to run the editorial content. And Andy like can't believe it, but he's like, you know, Jacqueline is a lot younger than Miranda. She has a fresher take on things and she can do the same thing for a lot less money or if it's a businessman. Andy tells him that Miranda will be devastated and that runway is her life. And Christian's like, it's already done. Irv will be telling her after the party for James. And Andy's like, does she know? Like, I have to tell her. And he's like, you know what? She's a big girl. She's going to be fine. And Andy's like, I, I have to go. I have to go tell her. And he's like, it's done, baby. And she's like, I'm not your baby. Boom. <laughs> so Andy is running down the streets of Paris. She tries to call Miranda, who immediately hangs up on her. So she runs to her hotel room and like frantically knocks on the door. And who answers but Irv? Him and Miranda are having a meeting right now. And Miranda's like, what are you doing? Like, do not disturb me and slams the door in Andy's face. So before um, the actual dinner for James Holt, finally, Andy is able to talk to Miranda as she walks in and she tells her all of the stuff that's going on with Jacqueline and the, the runway and like blah, blah, blah. And Miranda just goes, do you smell freesias? And Andy's like, no, I I told them explicitly not to have Frisius here. And she's like, if I see Frisius anywhere, I will be very disappointed. <laughs> she's gone senile, folks. <laughs> so we go into the James Holt party. Nigel, you know, makes a speech about runway, does like a nice little introduction for Miranda, who he welcomes up to the stage. And she begins her speech and thanks everybody for coming to celebrate James Holt. But before... They really get into it. She has some news to share and basically talks about how she basically talks about how Massimo has invested to help expand the Holt brand and take it international. And when James was looking for a partner to help him in this venture, he looked within the runway family. And so Miranda is pleased to announce that her dear friend, longtime colleague, has been named co-president of James Holt International. And who is it that she announces? Jacqueline Follet. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> Christian, shocked. Nigel, mm. devastated. Yep. So Jacqueline goes up to the stage. All the color has drained from Nigel's face. Andy is also in shock. And Nigel just says... When the time is right, she'll pay me back. And Andy's like, you sure about that? And he just says, no, but I hope for the best. I have to. <sighs> oh, it's so devastating. So Miranda and Andy get in the car. Miranda's like, I've known what was happening for quite some time. It just took me a while to find a suitable alternative for Jacqueline and she jumped at the high paycheck of the job with Holt. She just had to tell Irv that Jacqueline was unavailable. And the truth is no one can do what she can do. Mm -hmm. Any other person would have found the job impossible and the magazine would have suffered. 
And she says this is especially true because of the list of designers, photographers, editors, writers, models, all of whom were found by her, nurtured by her, and have all promised to follow her should she ever leave runway. So basically, she took away the woman who was taking her position and also threatened <laughs> Irv. Yeah. Um. So he could reconsider. But Miranda does say that she was very impressed by how Andy tried to warn her and that she sees a great deal of herself in her. She can see beyond what people want and need and can choose for herself. And Andy is like really shocked by this. And she's like, I don't think I'm like that. I could never do what you did to Nigel. And she says, you already did to Emily. <sighs> Andy's like, oh, I didn't have a choice. And she's like, you chose to get ahead. And if you want this life, those choices are necessary. And Andy's like, what if this isn't what I want? And Miranda says, don't be silly, Andrea. This is what everyone wants. Everyone wants to be us. So they pull up to the next venue and Miranda gets out of the car, starts walking inside. But Andy gets out of the car and walks in the opposite direction. Her phone rings. Miranda calls her immediately. She throws that shit in the fountain. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I did find out a little fun fact in our research that apparently originally the line was, everyone wants to be me. Mm -hmm. But Meryl herself at the table read changed it to everyone wants to be us, uh, which I think is a much stronger choice, especially given all the parallels that we see between Andy and Miranda, the whole movie. And there's a couple of little uh, costume design moments that I want to point out that I think are really cool layers to add in. I mean, there's a lot of parallels between Andy and Miranda's costuming, one of which being in the first scene when they meet, they're both wearing purple, which is a royal color. Like purple means like royalty. Um, but they're, Miranda's wearing a dark shade, whereas Andy's wearing a light shade. So it kind of shows that she has the potential to become someone like Miranda. Oh, and wow. then also in this scene, their necklines are exactly the same. Oh my gosh. They both have this kind of like a uh, sweetheart off the shoulder neckline. And this was actually like very purposeful by uh, the fashion designer or the fashion designer, the costume designer um, to show the two women in the same neckline to show how similar to Miranda Andy has grown throughout the whole movie. And we also see mm. um, throughout the movie how Andy's clothes become um, more and more like revealing Whereas like in the beginning, she's very covered up, but as it goes yeah. on, she does start to show like more skin. And I think that, you know, lends itself to the progression in the film. She does say when they toast to Nigel's supposed new job that she's now a size four. Yeah. I do wonder though, if it was just like, she said she was a six because she was wearing ill-fitting clothing. Oh yeah. She's skinny from the beginning, yeah. but I think they do try to make her look, yes, you know, less appealing or whatever, but mm -hmm. But also, I am obsessed with Andy's green dress in this last scene. It is gorgeous with, like, the black trim and everything on it. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls love soup. <laughs> gorgeous. Have you seen the new one? Gorgeous, gorgeous girls love sushi. Yeah. That's the new one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after this monumental moment in Paris, we go back to New York 
Andy asks Nate to meet up with her for lunch. He begrudgingly does so. And she tells him that he was right about everything. Not true. And she turned on everyone and everything she believed in. And she's sorry. And he apologizes for nothing and just says that while she was gone, he actually ended up getting a job at the Oak Room in Boston. So he's moving in a couple of weeks. And she's like, oh, my God, congratulations. That's amazing. You know, I I don't know what I'm going to do without those late night grilled cheeses. And he's like, well, I'm pretty sure they have bread in Boston, maybe even Jarlsberg. I'm sure we can figure something out. So they're getting back together? Oh, God. Girl, leave him. You're so young. Leave him. So young. He is moving to a different state. You obviously want different things. (laughs) You're not compatible. Let's just cut the cord. But your life so <laughs> whatever he then asks can't wait whatever. until it comes out that she slept with christian so you're gonna freak the yeah. fuck out i'm i'm sure he'll be super cool about that yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so nate asks andy what she's gonna do now because she doesn't work at runway anymore and she's like well actually i have a job interview today yeah and where does she have an interview at uh, the New York Mirror ah. is what I read on the door when she exits. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, some newspaper. <laughs> yeah. A newspaper that's not the New Yorker. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Andy has this interview and the guy actually says that he's impressed by her pieces. Um, and then he asks about her time at Runway because she's only there for like eight months or something. And mm. he's like, you know, what is that blip? So she says that she learned a lot, but in the end, she screwed up. And he's like, well, I did call them. um, And I ended up getting a fax from Miranda Priestley herself saying that of all the assistants she's ever had, you were by far her biggest disappointment. And if I don't hire you, I am an idiot. So she vouched for her. Mm -hmm. So Andy, after her interview, you know, walks out really happy. Everything's working out. And she ends up actually calling Emily to ask for a favor. And she's like, well, the thing is, you know, I have all these clothes from Paris and I have nowhere to wear them. So I was wondering if maybe you could take them off my hands. And Emily's like, well, I don't know. It's a huge imposition, but I suppose I could help you out. I'll have Roy pick them up this afternoon. So Andy thanks her and she's like, Good luck. Emily just hangs up on her, but she does smile to herself and she turns to the new assistant and is like, Mm -hmm. just so you know, you have some very big shoes to fill. I hope you know that. And she walks (laughs) off in her crutches because her leg is still broken from her car accident a few weeks ago. Oh my gosh. I think I missed that detail. But even in her crutches, she's still wearing an amazing fit. She looks wonderful. Then Andy walks past the Elias Clark building, and that's when she sees Miranda walking out, getting into her car. Mm. They make eye contact. Andy gives her a little nod, a little wave, but Miranda just gets into the car. But when she sits in her car, Miranda Priestley cracks a smile to herself, 
And after that brief moment, she turns to the driver and just says, go. <laughs> and they drive off. Go. I <laughs> Home. <laughs> I want to I want to go home. I don't know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, get, get this isn't your Uber. <laughs> and that is The Devil Wears Prada. <sighs> wow. Wow, we I feel like we did so much commentary you already know really how we feel yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I really have left to say is that the villain of this movie is not any single person. Yeah. It's not a person. It is the crushing uh, system that is capitalism. And that's that's it. It's ethical. You know, what we can say that the superhero is, is ethical non-monogamy. Mm. And I would... <laughs> um, you're, you're like... Uh, can you elaborate on that point? I'm like, let's unpack that. <laughs> like, but no, like, and we're done for today, <laughs> guys. It is almost two in the morning. Um, we are so tired, but we we powered through with this mm-hmm. one because it was an important. It one. was an important one, and we did change up the sketch at the last minute. But we both mm-hmm. knew that this was. We had to, you know, give this movie yes the time and the quality and the care. Mm-hmm. That it deserves because it's a big one. And we've been recording for multiple hours now. And even still, we only just scratched the surface. There is so much to unpack in yeah. this film. But yeah, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna keep you all with final thoughts because we've already talked so much. But uh I thoroughly enjoyed getting to rewatch this movie as I always do. I think that it has a lot of really great nuances to it. I think there are amazing performances across the board. The writing I think is really strong. And if anything else, just to appreciate the fashion in it. Oh yeah. You can't go wrong. Mhm. I uh, you know, I do feel like the beginning is slow mm-hmm. I, I don't take that back but i do like this movie altogether i think mm-hmm. the second half is the stronger yeah. portion of the movie for me i do like that reading though of like like what we talked about regarding andy and her past and how this is really mm. you know the first time that she's having to fight for something that she wants yeah. um, and she's being met with like resistance and i think that that reading makes me enjoy it more because I don't want to frame her as like the great protagonist. Like she's yeah. so flawed. Like she's not flawless. She's flawed in like very many ways. So mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I really like about this movie is that the characters are complex, um, especially like our three main gals with like Emily, Miranda, and Andy. Mm-hmm. They all have elements of good and bad within them. And I mean, Andy's journey throughout this movie is really learning how to have an well first of all a more open mind and second of all an eye for nuance and appreciation for details mm-hmm. in art yeah like that's kind of the journey that she goes on her and also like learning how to go above and beyond in a job setting and i mean we didn't really talk about it that much in detail but this movie is a lot about like work life balance and how oh yeah hard that is to achieve and mm-hmm. nearly um, impossible but yeah basically impossible especially when you're in such a high um like demanding field such as mm-hmm. um not only journalism but like fashion journalism in particular yeah so um 
while I'm sure it's not the most accurate thing in the world, it I think is a really cool look at um, workplace environments. Mm-hmm. And I will say this movie, although it's not about a specific like brand, mm-hmm. um, I feel like kind of sparked, like set off like a trend of people um, looking further into fashion and like, mm. you know, there's like a movie about the Versace family and House yeah. of Gucci is about to come out and mm. those types of movies like fashion, like high fashion, I feel like has entered the mm. mainstream, even if not everyone can afford it. I feel like it is more accessible now to mm. kind of like poke your nose into fashion and yeah, like learn more about what like what's happening in the fashion world especially with social media because you can see a mm, runway totally. show without like being there i don't know how i started talking about like fashion very intimately but no it's a it's a very real thing of like especially if you look at now like the trend cycle is so so quick and we're seeing like a huge problem i say we as if i'm at all part of the industry we are <laughs> i'm like too deep on fashion tiktok but there is like a, a big issue with micro trends because the trend cycle is quicker than it has ever been and also coupled with like the devastating environmental impacts of fast fashion. The environmental impact is so bad. Yeah. Holy moly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and because access to like knowledge of trends and different designers and different types of fashion is so much more accessible now. In some ways that's like amazing because people are being able to express themselves through fashion and like appreciate that art form. But then because the trend cycle is so accessible, it is just like Mm -hmm. fucking rolling at such an insane rate that uh, the industry can't keep up with it. Mm -hmm. And like a consumer can't keep up with it either. So. Well, I think, yeah. I can't even talk about this further. I have like very many thoughts Mm -hmm. on it. But that being said, I think this was a really interesting look into fashion Mm -hmm. and kind of the processes behind what we see, which is just, you know, the outcome, you know, the manufacturing Mm -hmm. of the magazine, whatever. I would rate this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rate it. hmm, I think I'm going to go with a seven. What about you? I'm going to go with an 8.75. Bold. Because I really, really enjoy it every time I watch it. And watching it with a more critical eye this time, I definitely picked up a lot more than I have when I just like had it on in the background while I'm doing whatever. Um, And I really enjoyed kind of more so digging into Andy's character with this watch around. Yeah. And even if you're not digging into it in that way, it's still so enjoyable because at the end of the day, it it is like a comedy, right? It is a comedy at the end of the day. I would I would yeah. wholeheartedly agree with that. And if we here's another one of my qualms. If we are calling it a comedy though, I do think it needs to be funnier. It doesn't have to be funny, mm-hmm. haha funny, but right. at least there needs to be more satire. That's that's fair. Yeah. I, I could see wanting uh, it to kind of lean more and wonder because it does sit more so in a middle ground than because yeah. it's not like I wouldn't call it a dramedy, it's, but yeah. there are, you know, there's a more serious undertone to it um, that kind of pulls it away from comedy a little bit. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, 
I recommend uh, giving it a rewatch. Crack open a little bottle of wine Ooh, and yeah. uh, Sh- champagne, maybe prosecco, Ooh, cava, yeah. whatever sparkling a wine martini, you prefer. Maybe, yeah. Oh, a Cosmo. <sighs> the options are endless. <laughs> but if you are in Canada, you can watch it on Disney Plus. If you're in America, you can watch it on Amazon. Uh, did have to rent it, but you can rent it on Amazon. There we go. Well, thank you so much for listening. We have one more movie coming at you before our holiday theme oh month. I'm really excited for December. Oh, same. I mean, I put up my tree literally the day after I got back from New York, which was you November did. 1st. So you did that. it is already Christmas in my house, mm-hmm. but... We're very excited. Uh, If you want to keep up with all of the fun things we have planned, you can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. Or you can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. And you can follow us on TikTok. It's at Movies That Raised Us pod. Or send us a good old-fashioned email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. And click the link in our bio. We have merch. We have a Spotify playlist. We have links to all of our streaming sites go check that out yes and we'll see you next week for another movie i'm mo and i'm christina and our theme song is by garrett schmidt bye Bye.